when our parents were brought up, there was the uh, idea kids should be seen and not heard. And of course, everything you, your parents say is correct. And everything was accepted. And it wasn't, I don't think it was challenged as much. And nowadays, kids have so much, uh, so many benefits, they can lie back so easily that they can think. And uh, as well, as Caesar said, uh, I fear the lean and hungry man because he, or no, I fear the uh, uh, man who thinks. And you, if you have time to think, if you don't have to go out and earn money, you can think. And you question, and you don't see why something is right. And you begin to wonder, is it true? And uh, you don't accept things. And you examine them first. And when you examine them, you find faults. When you find faults, you examine further and further until you, you're, you're in a different camp. And this, teenagers everywhere are doing this. Well, at the time when I lived with her, you know, I got along with her very well. I would tell her everything. It seemed to, seemed to, very, seemed to be very close to her. But now um, I uh, sort of tolerate her because I, you know, being out and seeing her and looking at her in a different light, I just can't. I try to understand her and live with her the way she is, but I, I can't. So I just ignore it. What's the different light? What do you mean? And would you look at her? Well, being on my own and experiencing things on my own, and I, I don't know, I feel older than my mother. And I guess a lot of kids go through this, I hear. You know, you look back and say, you know, you imagine your parents be very strong and always a mother and father stronger than you. But when you find out that they're human beings and they have their faults too, it's a hard thing to accept it. My parents are people. <laughs> That's the way I classify them. They're people. They're adults. You know, there's no strong feeling for my parents because I've never had it. I'm not all of a sudden going to fall into it now. I like my father. I like my mother. To a point, and that's it. If you they missed something in life? Yeah, they missed me. <laughs> they missed me by a long shot. Uh, what else they've missed is their own their own fault, not mine. I can't help them now. You know, they're past it. The idea of being a model, how'd that come to you? As far back as I can remember, I've always been tall, tall and skinny, so. And beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And from looking in magazines and things, and these girls, and everyone always said that models were tall, so I figured, well, since I was tall, then this is something that I think I would like to do, and I've always wanted to travel. And I thought being a model, then this would give me an opportunity to travel. You saw the idea, I suppose, of models was tall and slim. Yes. And uh, high cheekbone, isn't that the idea? <laughs> yes. You, you felt that you felt in this category. Wow. Yes. It was every time when you wanted to be something else? Hmm. No, just, well, I've thought of being an actress, maybe, but not too much. Just, I don't think I've ever wanted to be anything else. So the model then is someone to you who is not really her, she's someone else, is that it? Yes, I, because when you're in front of an audience, to me, 
then you can think of lots of things. You don't have to think of yourself. And if you're not thinking of yourself, then you don't feel as if you are yourself. You're someone else. You can be anyone you want to be. Well, it says it's that way with everyday life. I guess if you're a dreamer, and I am, so. You're a dreamer? Yes. What sort of dreams, sort of daydreams do you have? Oh, going to Paris mostly. And just our being a famous model, living in Paris, being able to travel, and and I like children too. I can always think that I'm in Paris or something. I have dreams about that. A dream of, of a glamorous life? Yes. Did uh, movies play a role in this, or magazines? Did you look through magazines when you were a little girl? Yes, all the time. Well, in the South, then, we would just get catalogs, so I would go through the catalogs and look at the pictures and the girls, and if I saw one that I liked especially, i cut it out and save it. Let's talk about that a little. So here you were, I mean, I know, your family probably had a hard time making a living. Yes. Hard, and you were one of six children. Yes. Right? Where were you in the family, in age? Where were you? Were you the youngest, the eldest, in between? In between. You were in between. Yes. And so the catalogs would come, is that it, in the store? Huh? No, this are, uh, like you would get catalogs from Sears or Alden's, different places, Spiegel's, like that. And there were pictures in there of clothes being modeled. Yes, and girls and everything. So and I looked through the magazines and the one that I liked, then I would tear it out and save it. Well, I always tried to respect my elders, but as I've been walking down the streets, I've heard, well, other kids, other boys my age, talking back to people elder than they are and things. And I don't see no sense in myself, but I have seen it done a few times around here. And uh, down home occasionally, just very seldom, that you find a young man that didn't have respect for his mother and father older people because down there they try to teach you more respect for the older people than I reckon but after the boys gets up here they <laughs> think they're it or something you know so I guess I've, there've been a few cases I know of people who hadn't had respect for older people As, for instance there was an old man walking down the street I know of and he was fairly well crippled up and I know some guys jerked his hat off and run around with it. And I don't figure that was the right thing to do to the old man. That was here in Chicago? Yeah, I was here in Chicago. And but for his other respect, I, it's about it. I think if I had more recreation, that would be the biggest part of that stuff out, I think. And so if, if we had more recreation, I believe it would. Take, but for boys my age to go to, I mean, after all, they aren't nothing at a movie to go see. I mean, you've seen the same movie maybe twice or something. It ain't no fun to go back and see the movie. So I think it, if we had more recreation and places to go to and things to do, we'd have a lot less trouble here around here. But the biggest thing on my mind is 
Well, if I work nine hours a day and I come home, and tensions build up. I don't know how to get it off sometimes, so it's the biggest thing that worries me. Use the tension from every day just yeah. trying to make a living. From every day, from day to day, different things. I don't buy them and everything. Well, with my parents, I mean, on weekends they'd come over and they'd be drinking or something. They'd probably, you know, talk nice to me in there, but more or less I was a bother in their eyes, you know. Because they were still young, and I guess they wanted to go places, so. Well, with my grandparents, they were older, mature, and settled down. So with them, you know, I mean, I was all right. What about your mother? Your mother feel like your father did? Well, really, I was used as a conflict between them. Because my mother would use me for an excuse that my father ought to go to work to support his son and that he doesn't love him and all this here stuff and my father would use my mother that she wouldn't keep running home with her problems if she wanted to make a home for me and I mean it was just one big conflict in their family. What do you think of your father? Well, um, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is uh, something I'd rather not get into, but if I must, I, no. No, you don't I have feel to. that I, uh, if you... There are no names, if you yeah. want to, you know. Well, I, um, I respect my father in uh, many ways. For one thing, he was able to, to go from, well, relatively nothing. I mean, he, he graduated with a scholarship to, um, where was it now? Some smaller Southern Minnesota college, but he didn't have the fifty dollars for uh, um, registration, so he couldn't go there. So he went to the CCC camps, and after that, it's my contemporary. Yeah, well then you know, and um, from there he he did some other things and um, had a few other jobs. I don't, I can't remember. Just I don't know just the right uh, sequence when he when he married, but he moved around a little bit and then. Got one job during the war, and then after the war, he, he uh, joined this um, corporation that he worked for from until about 1964, 65. And he rose, did he? Sort of. He rose all the way up to the vice presidency. <coughs> he just about held together the whole sales force. He's he's a tremendously dynamic person, and and when he gets to work, I mean he works. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's unreal. So there's never, there was never any fear there. I think mainly it was just um, he was um, frustrated, mainly because um, the man that they put in didn't really know what he was doing. And uh, my father was taking um, most of the guff, so to speak, if I can, from the customers that uh, the, the decision-making consequences from the president were reaching him instead of the president. So finally, my father decided to let stop feeling the flies, the hot grounders, and let him reach the president, as he put it, and uh, um, started to complain because um, there were many things uh, going. He could sell more machines than they could produce, and and they were, the ones they were producing were just junk anyway. They, I remember when I was uh, when I was uh, 
a youngster. Well, I still am, I suppose, but I'm talking like an old timer. But uh, <clears throat> I know in my younger days, everything seemed more of a, the whole world seemed more of a fantasy. Well, but how young were you then? Oh, say when I was four or five. I mean, everything seemed like it was peaches and cream, and there was no evil in the world. And I remember, uh, oh, we were living in the same, we were living in the same general area, but uh, a little farther south. But I always used to wonder, I used to think that to the west, to the west of Halstead Street, was a Garden of Eden of some sort. And I thought as one went west, the scenery became more lush. This is west in the city, I mean. That everything was just, uh, well, peaches and cream, as I said. Did you live east of the street? Is that it? Well, just east of Halstead Street, yes. But west? But I never knew what was on the other side of Halstead until some years later in my life. Now, what did you discover? Well, it was wasn't much different from what was east of Halstead, really. But you thought because it was on the other side, it was the pastures were greener, is that it? Yes, I suppose so. But I always used to wonder, even back then, what the rest of the city was like. I really didn't know. Now that you, you know what you're feeling. Well... It's sort of hard to sum that up in a few words, to tell you the truth. But, well, as I said in the beginning, it's uh, it's a bit of everything, I guess. You mean the ugliness and the beauty, you see? Within the ugliness, there is beauty. Within the ugliness, there's beauty. Yes. But as I said in the beginning, it doesn't mean that... Uh, it doesn't mean that people should have to live in misery. Well, I think one of my fondest memories was probably the last one you mentioned, of old Chris the grocer. I remember what a congenial old fellow he was. I guess he was somewhere uh, probably in his 70s. A little short fellow with shock of white hair and glasses. And every time he'd see me, he'd lift me up in his arms. And I remember one thing that used to fascinate me was uh, uh, pulling the strings on his fluorescence. And he used to lift me up so I could pull the strings all the time. And then he had this, this old female tabby who he called Helen. How many cats is it these days you find named Helen? <laughs> Very few. But I remember I used to, I used to uh, also be fascinated with this cat he had. And I guess these are my memories of the old corner grocery. And what was Pretty that? much, but you know there are so few of them around anymore. It seems. 
You said a corner grocery, you mean with what? With an yeah. old man and a cat? Yeah, and those that are left just seem sort of uh, depressed. All the life has gone out of them. The, which because ones that the are left? You mean which ones? The few corner groceries that are left, the independents. Yeah. They just seem kind of uh, like depressing places because all the life has gone out of them with the coming of the supermarkets. You know what I mean? It's the, uh, it's the personal thing. Everything these days is getting more impersonal, it seems. And this is an example. How old were you about that? Four or five. So this is no more than about 15 years ago. About 15 years That's ago. right, that's right. <clears throat> 15, 16 years ago. So in the last 15, 16 years, from your age of five and you're now uh -huh. 19, 20, in the last 15 years, you, at the age of 19, 19 at the time of this interview, mm -hmm. uh, have noticed a key change in this respect. Oh, yes, very much so. And then, of course, uh, getting back to the grocery store, I remember he used to have this young assistant, a fellow named Booby, at least that's what everyone used to call him, and he loved to chase me around the store with a feather duster, got the biggest bang out of it. Don't see them in supermarkets today. Oh, no, not really. By the way, you work in a supermarket. Now I do, yes. But I know if I were to, uh, I mean, if some mother I knew were to bring in her kid, you know, if I were to be seen uh, uh, chasing the kid around the store with a feather duster, then chances are I'd be reprimanded for it. All I know is this. I love life, but I just wish a little of it would come my way. I mean, I can care less. I mean, I should care. It's terrible, but I mean, and I sort of feel guilty. My God, Cynthia, why don't you buy a newspaper and read it? And um, I subscribed to Time magazine one time. I read the letters. I go back and look at the book reviews and the movies, show business, people, and sometimes medicine. And I was reading the science section for a while, but world affairs, I couldn't, I just couldn't get into that. But someone talks about uh, people killed. Yeah. Stuff like that. What is it? Well, it's Vietnam, say. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. A shame. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I saw a film in Vietnam. We showed the actual fighting. It looks, it looked ridiculous. It looked, it looked like a bunch of kids, and it was actually embarrassing to watch that. People really, sh you know, shooting at each other and shouting, and uh, it just looked so silly. What about Vietnam? I looked at a map once. And no, I'm, I'm asking, uh, are, you, are you, when you hear about this, it just, just you shut it off, isn't that the idea? I mean, shut, uh, in here I shut it off, <laughs> shut it off there. Yeah, but you shut it off. I mean, is, you're talking about yourself, you're talking about your interest in life is you, isn't that right, and your boyfriend? I guess so, right, yeah. uh-huh. It's a shame, I wish I could pick up a newspaper and really run and read it. Like, I'm not too crazy about children, I mean, kids don't. You know, you'd be sitting in a room and all of a sudden, say, five kids will come in and they'll go to another girl in the room and no one will come to me. <laughs> Same thing with dogs. You know, the dogs just don't run to me. <laughs> That's a very funny thing. They, uh, Just as you say, the earlier you spoke about the Negro people, you know, mm -hmm. who uh, kind of avoid you. Yes. you know, children do too. Yes, uh-huh. 
And uh, when they do come to me, I don't want to say. I feel very self-conscious and strange. Relationship to your friend. That's happened a couple of days bothers you. Nothing else. What? Nothing else bothers you. Anything Maybe. outside you and but, the relationship. But like what? I'm asking you. Oh, I don't know what you mean, though. Well, the world outside. There's nothing in the world outside that That bothers. I'm concerned with? Yeah. Yeah, I'm concerned with Vietnam once in a while when I have to think that maybe my brother would have to go over there or there's a chance that, that Stuart might have to serve some time there. Yeah, that that bothers me when it's involved. It's involving me, personally. You're God. You are God. What? You are God. Okay, right. You're God, yeah. and you can recreate this world. Yeah. All right, you make, tell me the world you make. A lot of me's in it. <laughs> no, no. Um... I don't think I could make any changes. No, I don't think so. It, it's because it's hard for me to realize a man, you know, creating something, and I, no, I'd leave it the way it is. Leave it the way it is. Right, uh-huh. Apparently, you know, you've heard this thing, you know, we all have evil with inside ourselves, and we have to have wars. There's been wars all throughout the ages, and there's going to continue to be wars, and so, um, Apparently, I get some enjoyment out of it, and everyone else does. So, uh, I don't know if if we remove this part from man, maybe we we would just have boredom. No, oh, I can't remember how long ago it was. It was a long time, because it seems like I've been living a long time. But we used to all gather around my mother at night. There was six of us then, and. My mother was sort of like, like the leader, you know, but she was a, you know, kind leader and everything, and she used to lead us into a kind prayer, like that, you know, and we used to, she, she'd start it, and we would answer her, and that was the way we fell asleep every night. We would answer my mother's prayer, and her prayer was like to have mercy, and I guess that's what she needed, and we answered. How the prayer went? Well, it was, um, it's long, really. You know, and it's more or less, all we said was to have mercy on us. She would say, Virgin Most Holy, have mercy on us. Mother of God, we would say, have mercy on us. It was just back and forth like that, and it was real long. Mother of God and things like that, and we'd say, have mercy on us. Or pray for us, either one, like that. Well, if God had mercy on you. Well, <laughs> at times I think that that there is no God, you know, and it's usually bad times when you, everyone does. They think there's no God. And why did he let this happen to me if he was so kind and everything? But deep deep in my heart I know there's God, and I know that, that he watches over, and things just happen because they have to happen. So... After all, I'm living. That's enough to thank God for, I guess. <laughs>